to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hi, welcome to uh, the program. It's October 16th. It's a Wednesday. And I, I'm still alive, <laughs> which I think is a relatively good sign. Uh, I tried mightily to uh, watch the entire debate last night, and uh, I just, I flagged. Um, it was about, I think, 10.15 when I pulled the plug myself. I just couldn't uh, anymore. And um, not that I didn't at times find it uh, really rather interesting, and I was interested even in my own, re I mean, that's all we have to go on, right? Our own reactions to candidates. I think that is why it's important to watch these things as much as you can <laughs> tolerate it. Because you do see how these uh, potential nominees uh, handle heat, handle, uh, you know, how good they are at... Uh, responding to attacks and clearly enunciating their points of view and and um you know people that you maybe wouldn't have paid any attention to all of a sudden uh, are tugging at your coat sleeve and getting your attention um my reactions to the debate are per are personal <laughs> um what i saw was uh you know sifted through my you know, whatever, I mean, my, my, my emotions, my brain, the fact of how I was feeling at that particular time. I suppose if I listened to it on a day when I was feeling better, I might react differently. I have no idea, but um, uh, for the first time, and it was because Elizabeth Warren was under uh, attack, as one would expect, uh, being that she is now perceived, I think, as the front runner every it as much as Joe Biden, who continues to not impress me as a candidate. Um, he just seems, I'm sorry, that is not the guy we want going up against Trump. I, and it seems like his only two talking points uh, are, I, uh, I was Barack Obama's uh, vice president so he's he, he's grabbing onto uh, Obama's coattails, and um, and the other thing is uh, that he says Trump has targeted him and uh, and his son Hunter uh, because he's scared of him, and uh, so if Trump thinks I'm the one that he needs to take down, then he's scared of me. And he knows I'll beat him like a drum, as he said a hundred million times. Those are the two things he talks about. And, and you know, after a while, they just don't, I don't know, they don't float my boat, and I frankly don't agree. Uh, whoever's in first, Trump will turn his, his sights on. Uh, I was not thrilled with Elizabeth Warren last night, and maybe that's because she was uh, her deficiencies uh, were being pointed out, uh, concerns about um, 
her Medicare for all. I mean, I thought that I thought overall um, it was a a treat to watch uh, people who are smart. Uh, and I would suggest that all of them on that stage were to uh, watch smart people uh, wrestle uh, verbally. Who did I like last night? I have to admit, and I've said this before, I liked Klobuchar. I mean, if again... She represents the more moderate uh, Midwestern uh, Union uh, old guard Democrat. Um, I have no problem with that. And she represents that, I think, with a lot more um, energy uh, than uh, Joe Biden. The other one in the moderate category, Buttigieg. I mean, continues to be impressed. He's just impressive. But for some reason, last night I was just sort of like, all right, I don't know. Isn't it funny? I have no, I have no ability to explain why I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, not as wowed. Uh, Tom Steyer annoyed me. He didn't belong on that stage. He bought his way onto the stage. Um, and he... His very presence there uh, was an indication of how corrupted our political system is. That, you know, billionaires, uh, be they, you know, just rich people, can uh, immediately ascend and have to be taken seriously uh, when somebody without money has to, you know, do it by by dint of hard work and uh, eloquence and I don't know, whatever else, because money talks. Money is power. Uh, I don't know. Here's who should get off the stage. Dyer, Castro, O'Rourke, Gabbard. I mean, and Booker, actually, and even Harris. They they all need to go. Her, I mean, Harris and Booker both, I thought, had some good good points last night, although Harris just shot herself in the foot with that uh, kick Trump off Twitter thing. I mean, like, who gives a damn? I mean, of all, the, of all the issues, who cares? I thought that was a real... Uh, tactical error on her part. I've never liked Bernie Sanders as much as I did last night. Um, boy, he rose to the occasion. Uh, the fact that that's a guy who had a heart attack uh, less than two weeks ago is amazing because he had more energy than I've ever seen. He, show, he even exhibited humor. Who knew he was even capable of it? He laughed. He smiled. Ha! <laughs> He had a personality. Uh, I thought he did uh, very, very well last night. And I don't know who I'm forgetting, but I... Oh, Tulsi Gabbard, God almighty. What the hell? I'm just saying, what the hell? If that's a Democrat, then, you know, 
I'm a Republican. I don't understand why she's in the Democratic Party. She is by all, everything I hear from her suggests that she is a libertarian. <coughs> a libertarian. I mean, if she, if Rand Paul were, um, were at the debate, he could have said almost everything she said, I think, and it would have sounded plausible. And um, I'm also, uh, again, going to reiterate the fact that the Russians love her. And I'm sick of candidates the Russians love. Uh, Russian media bolsters her, uh, talks about her more than, why would they be talking about a prospective uh, candidate who's, you know, polling in single digits? Uh, there is a sense that the bot, there's a lot of bot activity on her, on her behalf, and a sense that um, they see her as uh, somebody who can uh, disrupt the uh, Democratic Party's uh, democratic process here. I don't know. I wouldn't trust her as far as I could uh, throw her. So... I don't know. Why did Warren look not good to me last night? Uh, Bernie is willing to say, look, um, Medicare for all, yeah, going to have to raise your taxes. But a lot of other money that comes out of your pocket under our current totally dysfunctional system will stay in your pocket. So it might actually be a win or a wash. Who knows? But he's... He's honest about it. Warren is not willing to be honest, and, and they kept trying to get her to say that the middle class will pay more, and she refuses to say it. And I'm sure she's refusing to say it because it can be used against her. Um, but it's not a good look. You gotta like Andrew Yang, I think. Um... Again, a guy coming out of nowhere, but again, by virtue of his money. If he had no money, he couldn't have uh, funded um, his effort to get into the public uh, eye. But there's something uh, truly, I think, uh, likable uh, about him. And I get a sense of him being a, a very serious and uh, compassionate man. I like him. So I think that's all I have to say. If you want to uh, put your two cents worth in about your reactions or even if you didn't even watch. My God, are they going to do one of these every month? Because I, I heard him today talking about so-and-so is already qualified for the November debate. No! I, I can't do this once a month. Not if they're not going to start winnowing people out. And I... Although, who the hell, I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you this. Biden is not our best candidate. He is not. And if all he's got going for him is this 
sense that he is <laughs> the guy most able to beat Trump, then that's not, I almost think that Trump wants him, which is why he's like sort of lifting, well, I don't know, that might not be true. Uh, who the hell knows? Do you remember yesterday? <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, having a little trouble breathing. <laughs> Do you remember yesterday when I um, told you, I think at the end of the show, that, no, that's different. God, Colin, come on, get your act together. This is a different British couple. I told you that horrible story about the Brits who, uh, you know, wandered uh, over the northern border with uh, with little kids and and last time I looked were still stuck in some detention camp in Pennsylvania, even though they were apprehended at the other end of the country in Vancouver. Uh, that's not, it's another British couple. It's the British couple whose son on a motorcycle was killed by the wife of uh, one of our diplomats there is chatter that the diplomat in question is uh, actually a CIA guy, which is why there's more protectiveness around this, I guess. Um, so this 43-year-old wife of his, driving on the wrong side of the road, takes out a young uh, British man and then flees the country, comes back here uh, and we're refusing to send her back. The Brits want her to come and, uh, you know, go through their legal system for having taken a life. Uh, whether that was her intent or not, she killed somebody. And um, she and her husband came to the United States and I was shocked to hear they actually gained an interview with Donald Trump. I thought, wow, what's in it for him if he refuses to let... I didn't get it. I couldn't figure it. Well, here's what I want to tell you. It was a setup. It was like a part of the Trumpian reality show uh, universe. He welcomes these two grieving parents to their story, which, you know, he'd have to get an acting award for anyway. And then he springs a surprise on them, a la the Jerry Springer look the woman who killed your son, she's on the other side of that door. We have her here. I wonder, he says to the grieving mother, if you would meet her. Just talk to her. And God bless these, this British couple salt-of-the-earth type people. She immediately could tell this was a setup. 
that it was a photo op thing. It was only then that she realized there were photographers standing by. I can't, I, I mean, I need to read a better account of what I, what I did glean uh, today about this. Trump only listened compassionately to him, them, because he had this great idea of how he would bring the killer and the grieving mother together. And there would be these pictures of him. It's not quite Camp David material, but, you know, it could help him. Can you imagine being there in the presence of the President of the United States who is beckoning you to go through that door? And the British woman said, no. Blew up the whole plan. So the woman, the murderer, standing on the other side and uh, did not, she wouldn't do it. I have to tell you, that takes a level of courage that few people have. When you are in a position like standing in the most powerful place in the world, or it used to be at least, I think it's now in Moscow, but having the, having the fortitude to not get played, standing up and refusing to be a part of this photo op charade that the president had in mind. So I just want to say my favorite person of the day, maybe the week, is this extraordinary woman. A woman of who would not even be known, noticed. One of those people who lives her life, goes through life, has sorrows, as we know, tragedies, as we know, good times, bad times, and finds herself at one point in the Oval Office and says to the President of the United States, No. I love her. Just saying. So that was my my favorite thing. They're not. Um, and can you imagine the woman who killed the kid, the murderer? I've been calling her, which seems the reckless driver, the murderous driver. Um, on the other end, standing there with other handlers waiting to be part of this, what, reconciliation? What the, f what were they even thinking? All this British couple wants is justice. A measure of justice. That the person who killed their son have a measure of justice. I don't know. 
And speaking of the center of the power in the universe being uh, not in Washington, D.C. anymore, but in Moscow, i got to get this in. Here is some uh, reporting coming from Syria that we don't see because it is reporting by Russian reporters embedded with Russian troops in Syria and they are reporting things such as this. I will quote one, one who is like giddy, giddy Russian reporter. I am on an American base where they were just yesterday morning and this morning we're here. Standing in an American base, another reporter standing in a room with, uh, with Pringles cans and uh, animal crackers on a table, all the stuff clearly showing Americans were here, uh, reporting back breathlessly, uh, the Americans packed so quickly that they left behind some of their property and personal items. I believe it was yesterday that I said we're going to potentially see, uh, although I don't know if we ever will see it, a video akin to uh, the ending moments of uh, America in Vietnam with helicopters uh, hovering overhead as um, as we attempt to get our people out as the enemy closes in. Uh, astonishing how Trump truly has diminished our standing in the world in a way that is breathtaking. We were the main power in the Middle East. Almost anywhere in the world, people would look to us. Under Trump, we said, never mind. And now, it's Vladimir Putin. Without a doubt, our enemy. And without a doubt, the guy who's been manipulating Donald Trump since before day one. Here is somebody commenting, foreign policy analyst, and he wants everybody to know that this is, this is the result. Um, Putin is, is like now bestride the Middle East like a, you know, a Goliath. But listen to this. This guy, Schmidt, I don't know, he's got a German name. He says this, it must be said that all of Russia's most significant successes here 
have not been reached as a result of Moscow's deliberate efforts. They simply crashed down onto Putin, right into his lap, as manna, manna from heaven, as a result of the diplomatic ease, peculiar behavior of the West. Read us. So he's saying, don't think Putin is being such a genius manipulator here. No, we just handed him. <laughs> we just handed him incredible power. And countries in the Middle East now are falling all over themselves to ingratiate themselves with Putin. Because in the land of geopolitics, you got to know where the power is. Turkey's Erdogan is going to be in Moscow in a day or two, flying over. Because he knows where his bread is buttered. He doesn't have to do any calls with Donald Trump anymore. And as a matter of fact, headline in the New York Times today, Pence and Pompeo, that's our Vice President and Secretary of Defense, heading to Turkey to seek a ceasefire. Ha! Good luck with that. It ain't happening. And there is talk that Erdogan will not even deign to see them. They are inconsequential now. America might as well be, you know, Botswana. It ain't happening. They hold no cards. Nobody trusts them. It ain't happening. This is all part of a desperate now and scrambled, as this piece says, effort to wrest back control of the chaos in Syria. We've got no cards. Our military is trapped. They're ignominiously running, abandoning their camps, to the deliriously happy Russians. They remain in danger, which is why we got Pence and Pompeo asking to get some ceasefire going here. But there's no they have no they have no leverage, none. Trump gave it away in that other perfect phone call of his. This one with Erdogan. So you have just Trump doing foreign policy. Two phone calls that we now know of. One, which has now resulted in the impeachment inquiry, in which he withholds almost half a billion dollars in uh, military aid to an ally fighting Russia because he sees it as leverage to get dirt on a potential nominee of the Democrats, Biden. 
is absolutely a crime to allow a foreign entity into the democratic electoral process. That's how Trump got in the first time with the Russians. He was hoping the Ukrainians would give him a little lift this time because God knows the Russians will be there. And then his, what was this, last Saturday night, his uh, conversation with Erdogan of Turkey. And Erdogan wanted to go in and kill Kurds. But we had American soldiers there, and the Kurds are our allies. And Trump, without talking to <coughs> anybody, anybody, says, sure, go for it. And he did. And now there's lots of dead Kurds and Americans on the run and Russians triumphant and our vice president and secretary of defense running over there desperately trying to, obsequiously, I'm sure, to get Erdogan to listen to them. Trump opened the door. And... It's over. Putin came in. Even these Israelis are meeting with Putin now. A lot. So fine. All you folks who were sick of the United States being a world power, well, we're, we're not much. Look at that. And where in the colors? Oh, yeah, USA. USA. Yeah. USA. <laughs> All right. Got my MLK pen over here, too. See that? Got that at the... Wow. That's really nice. And what yeah. is that? That's, yeah. that's, that looks I like... Got a it at the historical, uh, the uh, you know National MLK Center in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. But this, what's this? this? This looks like the... Um, oh, yeah. This is like... I think they sold these when the, when the U.S. was in the World Cup or whatever. Because that yeah. looks like the presidential seal. There. Yeah. I hate it, to tell you. Oh. Well, that's Okay. There's still a lot I'm of afraid it looks there. like the president. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's only one out of 45. I mean, there's a lot of bad ones. There's way more than just, obviously, than just the current president. Uh, but uh, Woodrow Wilson was pretty bad, I think, too. Oh, well, there's lots of bad yeah. <laughs> ones. But um, no, no one, no one can compare. I mean, in a class by himself. You know, I was thinking... Damn it. Uh -huh. This guy is the most successful pathological narcissist in world history. Uh, mm. Come up with an. No, in, mm, I'm thinking. Okay. I'm trying to well, think. Well, 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 okay. So, I mean, maybe, yeah. Gen maybe Genghis Khan. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know. Definitely, definitely modern history, right? Definitely modern history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is like, he is a, a Hall of Fame narcissist. To be honest, like, you know, he's on the Mount the Rushmore world, of narcissists. The whole world trembles. <laughs> There's it's, no it's one like it. It's no. remarkable. So how when much people the just, I know, and, and successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because here well, he's I, a Well, I mean, he's a child of a, you know, multimillionaire. So, I mean, it's not that. There's a, real, there a really good article in the Huffington Post that's basically all about how it's impossible for, like, rich children to fail. Or it's becoming more and more impossible well, for that, them to fail. Oh, and, because they've got. They've got such a head start. Yeah, exactly. Right, and they right. just like they're still in these leadership positions, even the really dumb ones, you know. Well, and tell me about it. Yeah. You have, you have, <laughs> there was a time that one of them 
was, uh, I believe, your boss. Right <laughs> wait, were you, wait, were who, you here when? Wait, wait, who? Who was the guy who looked like he belonged on a yacht with a Oh, place? yeah. I'm not going to talk about well, that. Well, but... I know. But I will. I mean, a total doofus. Who, a total doofus. The only thing going for him was, yeah, money, money. Well, yes. Okay. He People didn't want to talk. I don't, well, I'm not going to talk like about him, that. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. So, um... Oh yes. You have a story, Ryan Dito, uh, chief, uh, chief. Yeah, sure. Chief Dito. Chief Dito. That's what that's what everyone calls me. <laughs> Cheeto. Or uh. Cheeto. <laughs> There's an idea. <laughs> I think he just gave himself a nickname. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, you said, "Did you read my piece on Zapala?" Yes. And I said, "No." Okay. <laughs> so it's actually more tangentially about Zapala, but but um, anyway, um, Zapala, by the way, for anybody who's not in Pittsburgh, is uh, our long tenured uh, district attorney. Yes, here, extremely long. Yes, um, twenty years plus, I think. And so we have a very significant and large district attorney race election coming up in just a couple weeks, few weeks, I guess. And um, th- this is a primary. No, 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 general. Fuck. Yeah. This is a general. Yeah, this is for all the marbles. This oh, is why this right. is a big this deal. Is the off- yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Colin, yes. it's November. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, I know. It's really snuck up on us. Uh, I, 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 even I'm like, oh, because I have to work on my election guide basically like right now. Oh, and, dear. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Um, very So, yes, Trump. We have debates. It's so great. All these debates, all this stuff. But... In Allegheny County, we have a very, very significant district attorney race coming up. Zapala's been the district attorney for 20-plus years. Um, He has never really faced a significant challenger in that time. He was appointed at first, and then he won, I think, election. Um, But I think he might have not had had an opponent. So, I mean, Teron Jenkins, who, who faced off against him in the primary, was probably one of his, like, biggest opponents in a long time. Um... Uh, but he, you know, Tehran lost. Uh, it's kind of a flawed candidate, honestly, even though he uh, seems yes, like a yes, good yes. guy. Yes. Um, but it's a big race coming up, and so big that Zapala, who is a Democrat, a registered Democrat, and he won the Democratic primary. He was endorsed by the party before that. He was the only candidate in the uh, – he was the only district attorney candidate to apply for that endorsement, got the endorsement, won the primary – and so he's the Democrat on the ballot. He also cross. He's also the Republican he's on a, the yeah, ballot. He also cross filed, which I which don't think should be allowed. I agree. I, mean, I think it's really stupid. Insane. It's stupid. Okay, right. Yes, the cross filing. So he's on the Democratic and Republican ballot, but he has a challenger, an independent, who has significant support right now. Um, and what's really interesting, what my story is all about, is how the Democratic committee members, those who are like elected or appointed that sit on the Democratic committee, that basically are members of the party in Allegheny County, a chunk of them are openly supporting the Le- independent Lisa candidate. Lisa Middleman. Yes, Lisa Middleman. And it's 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 intrigue. And it's 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 a little bit of like a revolt within the party, so much so that the chair recently sent out an email to committee chairs that said that is like reminding them, oh by the way, you can't support Who says? An independent candidate. Oh, that that's their their. That's whatever, the bylaws. The, that's the like bylaws. the state bylaws okay. that they have to have to do. But 
at the same time, it's not an automatic removal. Anyway, there's a large, there's a significant chunk. When you say significant, what percentage of these? Uh, well, I, I, well, there's no way for me to know unless I talk to every single one, but there were people in the 14th Ward, which is... Well, the, that's not surprising. Of course. Uh, but there were also people in the Canlis. There were people in uh, Upper St. Clair that I heard about, the people on the north side. So there, there's and, – and, and I, I have people tweeting at me and stuff like that being like, oh, I don't support, you know, Zapala. I'm going to support, um, you know, middlemen. And these are people who are elected Democratic Party basically officials. You know, I was thinking back wars. to the last, um, I guess, two years ago – well, almost two years ago, um, the midterm election when I and I oh, obviously a ton of other people all over the country went in and voted – we voted for people we didn't even know, but they weren't the people we did know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No. It's going to kill me. <laughs> Please explain. You it voted was for an anti-incumbent. You know. Okay. There's an anti-incumbent, throw the bums out kind of a thing. Like, let's just, come on, I'm sick of this, I don't know what. And so, and there was a lot of surprise that, you know, like, I I, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't give you a chapter and verse, but I remember a lot of surprise. Oh, it's like, you know, in Amarado and and that, you know, all of these people coming out of nowhere. Oh, wait, you're talking about 2018. Oh yes, I guess. Oh, okay, I, I thought I thought you were talking about no, no, like no. a midterm. No, no, no. Bygone. No, no, no. Twenty eighteen. Got it. Yes. And absolutely. there was this oh, yeah. sort of astonishment. Yes. That people who had the right names. Yeah, Costa. Costa, in this case, <laughs> Zapala. Yeah. Who nobody Italian. thought for a minute <laughs> were, too, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're all Italians. <laughs> um. So, I mean, she's got a, a tough. Uh, she has a or, she has an uphill climb, but I think what's so interesting about it, it is, could is that if it these are these are elected party officials that are willing to basically risk removal from the committee or 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 a suspension that they're saying it's a little unclear, but I mean they can remove them for not for for openly supporting independence because well you're on the party you're supposed to support the party right why else are you on the party but. Um, that it has to go through like the state process or something like that. So it's still kind of, I guess it's still up in the air. But yes, the bylaws say that you can't be removed. These people are willing to risk removal Let from me, their committee so that they can support an independent because they do not believe Zapala is a Democrat, basically. He's no, not campaigning as a Democrat no, like, at all. No, just sort of a law and order type, the establishment. And he's gone even harder that way yeah, and, since, and, and the, since the campaign. And people are going the other way. Yes. Um. So... It's I, I I'm saying it's so interesting to see that this that there's this revolt I guess that isn't just people who are like the DSA members or that isn't just people who are like at you know like the like you know advocate groups. Um, this DSA is, Democratic oh, Socialists. Yeah, Democratic Socialists of America. Um, like that that are doing this. You're starting to see this now. If if obviously Zapala is going to probably get the GOP vote because he's like angling hard for it, um, but. Obviously, there's way more Democrats in Allegheny County. If he loses a lot of Democrats and you get those like people 
who are you know more left to come out. Don't get too excited. There's a chance. I think there's a chance. There's a chance. Yes. It's interesting. As long as people don't go in and vote just straight ticket. That's you can't vote straight ticket. Yes. No don't one should vote straight ticket ever. for this. Well, no. well, that's not true because – Well, no. For this race, I'm saying. Not is that true. Like, right. And, and there, there just aren't that many um, – that one, there's a lot of independent candidates that are running that are like legitimate – and two, there's, um, it's just you know, it's our DA race. It's a, it's a big deal. If you, you know, nobody understands justice. that the district attorney is an extraordinarily powerful figure, and uh, with people knowing how broken our criminal justice system is, um, you need new blood. You need people who that, are. That's what's so interesting mm -hmm. to me about this race is that. You basically have people, and even like, even conservatives are saying we need to overhaul this system. And Zapala, no, is, that's true. And he somehow, but he is basically, he is campaigning as what I'm doing is right. But everybody says that it's not, and there's so many stories that show that right. it's not. He held four teens in jail for 15 months that were innocent recently. That just happened. You know, he prosecutes black teens at a exponentially higher rate than right. white teens in our county. Like, it's just, that these are all these issues. Our jail is a mess, right? And so I, I, I understand support for Zapala if you believe on those, like, tougher on crime things. But at the same time, if you believe that our system needs to be reformed, he's not offering any kind of reform message. And he could. He easily he could, certainly but he's could. not. He's not. You know, so anyway. Okay, well, yeah. I hope. So do you know what the state bird of Pennsylvania is? I, I just, just wrote an article about this, by the way. It's the yeah, ruffed shoot. Grouse. I, grouse. 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 How do I pronounce it? Grouse. Ah, whatever. She growled at him. <laughs> My she state bird is a California quail. Well, I it's, yeah, you yeah. did? Ruffed, well, ruffed, yeah, I, I had this out yes. for you for a long Yay. time to tell you Well, this. no, that's great. We can talk about it. So the Pennsylvania ruffled ruff. Ruffed. Ruffed. <laughs> It's a ruffled mm. It's <coughs> it is the most, I guess, popular bird that hunters like to go and kill. I think it's hard to get, I think it's hard to get, you know. But I think isn't that weird that you'd name something your state bird and then you'd go kill it? Well, we have a lot of hunters here. Why not? Well, I, I, I think know, the, I think the white tail deer. I mean, deer, the bald eagle is our national bird, and you I can't. Think, well, yeah, but they used to a lot. Yeah, um, but uh, I think our I think our state. Like mammal is the white-tailed deer, and we shoot those things all the time. And honestly, we should because there's way too many of oh, them. Oh, stop! There's what? no, there's they don't have any predators. I know. And whose fault is that? Well, that's our fault, but we have to we have to balance it out somehow. You know, you got rid of all the felines that were taken down. The yeah, I mean, and the wolves. you know, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so the National Audubon Society and a whole bunch of others has done this study, and um, because of climate change. Uh, birds are not going to be able to live where they have yeah, for a long, long time. And a lot of states, state birds, are not going to be living in those states. <laughs> None of them. No, they're going to they're gonna have to change the They're going to have to yeah. pass new laws, give new state birds. No, so the, uh, our roughed grouse, yeah. uh, the odds are pretty good. I th that neither summer nor winter will they find a uh, good habitat. Oh yeah, because right. they basically live mostly in the northern part of the state right. where there's snow for a long stretches of the year. They love snow. 
So know. the ruffed grouse, guess where it's going? Canada. Yeah, or New York first, I guess. Medical care. <laughs> Serious. Pot, pot two. Pot yeah. two. They know where to go. The ruffed grouse. It's gone. It's going to yeah. be gone, right? Yeah. So what, I mean, you got Well, yeah, I, I've, I've actually just wrote an article. Yes, the, the, there's a study that these state birds are in danger, including our state bird. Um, I, I also wrote an article uh, that basically saying the same thing that there's a um, uh, like a wildlife uh, you know advocacy group that does a uh, climate change index for animals, and not only is our state bird, the rough grouse, in danger, but our state amphibian is in danger. <laughs> And our state fish is in danger, too, the brook trout. And the brook trout is the only trout species that is native to Pennsylvania waters. That is, that is impressive. And, and it, it is going to be gone. And that is actually a really popular, again, animal to fish for. And I know it is like a weird thing to be like, oh, we should protect these animals. But at the same time, that's part of Pennsylvania life is going out and catching brook trout. And you might not be able to do that if the waters warm up too much. They need cold waters, basically. Right. And the... The more it warms, the less, obviously, the waters are going to warm up, and then the more there's going to be less uh, shade and tree cover near our streams, and the brook trout need those things. And with the hellbender, uh, which is our state amphibian, is also in danger because it needs really, really clean water. Um, that was just nameless. You know, and that was just named, which was kind of like part named. of it. It was kind of part of it. It was because like, it's hey, in danger. Because it's it, it's it's in danger, and it's the largest amphibian in North America, which is really cool. I think it's like two feet long sometimes. Um, and really ugly. And it's it super looks, ugly. It's also yeah. called the snot. Snot otter. Snot otter. Mud mud it's mud. It's got like mud this, dog. Right, Allegheny alligator. It's got so many great nicknames. <laughs> it really does. It's such a cool. It's a really cool animal. So Minnesota's uh, state bird is. Uh, um, the loon. Oh, loons. They're great. Going to be gone. I saw some in Canada when I was up there. Actually. Yeah, well, they're yeah. totally gone. Yeah. It's sad. Why New Jersey, the goldfinches, say goodbye. We can, we can stop it. It's not impossible. Man, I ah, wish we'd geez. stop fracking. <laughs> that would be a big... That would help a lot. <laughs> Here, so, uh See, some birds will try to adapt. They'll change their nesting times. They'll try to change their diets. But... I've, you know, up to a point, but there at some point, a lot of this change in in climate will change the habitat to the point where yeah. the species simply cannot. It's just too rapid. Live, it's, you know, it's too here. rapid. Like animals can adapt, but when 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 the climate is changing this rapidly, which is obviously caused by human, um, you know, uh, activity. Uh, that that's a big problem. I think there was a New York Times report. A lot of people, like, obviously the biggest problem is industrial sources, these, like, big polluters that are doing it. But cars are a huge problem, too. Yeah, and, like, right. we are still growing our car emissions, even in Pennsylvania. You uh, know? Um, we have a call. Yeah, but he don't have no headphones. Oh, that's okay. Well, yeah, that's just a, take it. You can relay Okay, it. okay. Go ahead. Caller, uh, be relatively brief because uh, Ryan here doesn't have a headset. Hi. Okay. Hi, this is Kurt in Switzerland Park. Hi, Kurt. Hi. Hey, uh, just getting back to the uh, election coming up, I wondered if you guys wanted to comment on the two initiatives, the Victims' Rights one and the Park Tax Initiative. Great. My opinion is that both of them are bad. Right. Uh, Victims' rights one seems too broad, and the ACLU seems to be against it. Right. The park one, well, the library tax is a good idea, but ever since then, it seems like that's everybody's bright idea. Great question. So. Thank you, Kurt. 
Thank you. All was, right. Thank you, Kurt. <laughs> Bye. Right. So he wants to talk. Right. He wanted your opinion. Okay. On when we go to the vote in November. Yeah. There's going to be two uh, referenda. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing interminable ads about one of them. About the woman who's raped. Oh, and Marcy's then, Law. Yeah, Marcy's yeah. Law. So one of them is about Marcy's Law. Yeah, it's, right? a, victim, it's a victim Victims rights, rights law. law. Yeah. I have to tell you, it sounds, yeah, yeah, right. That's good. The ACLU. Uh, has, oh, they hate it. They say this is, is just out yeah. of, I mean, it's way, way, way too broad. Yes, and absolutely. And will, will create havoc. Yes. That's what I've heard too, and I'm yeah. actually working on a story to try to get a little to try to explain a little bit more. Um, I think what's really interesting that that hasn't been told in Pennsylvania, and we we're going to vote on this thing pretty soon, is um, the history behind this law. It was there started by like a right wing billionaire, basically out in California, who's like been in jail and like I mean like he's a bad guy. I mean like obviously people who go to jail aren't bad, but I mean like you know necessarily. But this dude has like a very questionable history and very questionable motives. But it's so easy for him because he got all this money <laughs> to go around to state legislators and say, "Don't you care about victims?" And of course, of course, politicians are going to jump on that and be like, "Well, yeah. of course we care." So the governor's jumped on it, Shapiro's jumped on it, Zapala's jumped on it. Like all these people, they are, are supporting. all for it. Yeah, all these Democrats it. are also joining. You know, Republicans. It's already passed so, the state legislature like shoot. easily because it's so hard to. Well, it's so hard are, to say no to. That people the, aren't going to stop it. No, it's probably going to pass anyway, just because the question is so broad. Don't vote for it. But, it is but, like but a please, mess. Well, at least please go Google it. Google the uh, founder. I got to figure out this name um um and so do extensive research on this it it is incredibly broad it will probably it i what i've heard the criticism of it is that it gives m extensively more rights to victims at the cost of the accused and so if we're basically just already we're basically shifting the balance when we need to have the balance stay in balance obviously because we right. people who are accused there are plenty of people who have been falsely accused of crimes again in and Allegheny falsely convicted in Allegheny County yeah. we just held four teenagers in jail for 15 months their alibis were easily proven and they weren't because Zapala decided to go through a grand jury um, you know you know, process that makes it harder for the defense to come up and say, hey, we have these alibis, basically. And they were held in there for 15 months. That's going to cost us millions of dollars when those losses Not go through. Not to mention through. what it costs like, those young people yes, exactly. in their lives. Yes. Are you kidding? Yes. So, Disgusting. So, yes, Marcy's Law is highly suspect. Okay, the Please, other one the parks referendum. is a parks referendum. This is just for Pittsburgh voters. Just for Pittsburgh voters, it's sort of like we had a library one not too long ago that was passed. Yeah. Uh, this one, people are very tepid about. So I'm also working on a story about this, so please please stay tuned to City Paper. Hopefully I'll try to get them all in before the election. i got a lot of work ahead of me. But um, So, yes, we, uh, it is basically raising uh, property taxes, I believe, uh, half a percent or something like that, or mills or whatever the heck it is. And... Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, to fund, uh, to give more money to the Pittsburgh Park Conservancy that will then use that for park restoration, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, now, what's questionable about this is, one, um, 
the city has a surplus right now. So the city has a decent budget right now. We got out of Act, um, whatever it was, the financial um, yeah, act. Yeah, yeah. Got out of that. Um, we, we've been raising money. We've already raised the realty transfer tax to um, pay for more affordable housing, which I have to say is a very uh, incredible thing that we did in this county. I mean, in this city, I thought so. Um, but um, And so... We've done these things. I'm not saying I'm not against raising taxes to fund things. I think that is can be a great idea. But again, do we need to in this instance right now is the question if we have a budget surplus. And doesn't it I mean, that money then goes to a sort of quasi not. Ex- yes, it, it does it, not come. It does not go into the city general fund. Basically, no. it goes directly to the Pittsburgh Parks Conservancy, which is a nonprofit that runs our parks basically for the city. So it's a weird thing. And really interesting, and this is what my story is going to be about, is that the current director of the Pittsburgh Parks Conservancy came from Minneapolis, where she tried to do the same exact thing in Minneapolis like two years ago, and it failed. She tried to get a tax referendum through to funnel money into this public-private partnership. The city of Minneapolis initially was like, oh, good idea. And then and then the city council was like, oh, I don't know about this. And then so the city council just ended up raising taxes on the city, get that money to go directly into the general fund. And they said, like, we'll take care of this. It's more accountable that way, right? Because you can count council meetings. You can talk to your city council and all this stuff. If you give it directly to the um, you know, Parks Conservancy, which is, which is what I believe is happening here. I meant to double check that. But then there's less accountability, basically. Exactly. And, and so it's another thing that's, again, I think it'll probably pass because they have a ton of money, too, and they've been advertising like crazy. I and, don't know that um, it'll pass. But, but, but I guess, you know, My the city of Pittsburgh voters tend to be a little bit more um, progressive. Yeah. They're willing to be taxed. Yeah. Let me tell you. No, I mean, they're vote, all skeptical, too. Oh, I would skeptical? Say. Yeah, I would say Vote no skeptical. on both these things. No opinion. <laughs> right well, now. you can't. But I, well, no, well, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I have an opinion. Vote no on both of these referenda, and vote for Lisa Middleman. That's all I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hey, I wanted to. Th- this is um, you would love this headline, oh, yeah, right? Baby. Mm. Cars really are death machines. Um, and I sort of thought you wrote this damn thing. <laughs> I thought, I didn't know we went to the New York Times. Oh, man. Give me, yeah. that, give me that NYT money. That's yeah, what I Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and it, it just this article says everything that you always squawk about. That, um, you know, to make our streets safe, you don't need smart cars or driverless cars. You need fewer. Yes. Fewer, slower. Cars. Um, um, but... They, they, I never heard this. They said one of the safety measures that are being encouraged, because pedestrian fatalities um, in this country have uh, just skyrocketed yep. in the last decade. Yep, just they're back skyrocketed. up to the level in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 41%. It's, it's terrible. Up. Yeah. It's, it's awful. It's knocking people out left, right, yep. and center, and it's USUV guys. Yeah. That it's are also, killing. It's totally an epidemic nationwide that gets no attention, and it's except for like articles like this. But it's not on the level where we're talking about it in presidential debates, and it should be. Yeah, it should be. But yeah, sorry. So anyway, one of the things that I thought was so bizarre was they said one of the safety measures that is being are talked about is for you and me who are walking, and people like Ryan who are pedaling should be. Wearing an RFID tag 
Do you know what that stands for? No, please tell me. No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't even say. <laughs> it doesn't even say. R-F-I-D. Reflective, maybe. Maybe it's like reflective. Uh, Something. Uh, this has been a long thing. So yeah. we're all supposed to be wearing this thing. Well, we should all wear yellow reflective vests yes, that flash right, at all right. times. And, uh, you know. Tr- required. Right. That we have to pay for, too, by the way. Right. Just for walking and biking. Um, RFID tags, you and me. And that's those tags emit signals that cars uh, detect. Or, or drivers can just pay attention and slow down. That would be true, too. Or that. Um, so what struck me about this, it's called radio frequency identification. Okay, so it's like a, like a blipper. It's like, it's, like, it's like what you put on animals when you're tracking them, basically. Like, uh, on like mountain lions. So they're telling us who are not in the cars. We're like mountain lions. Walking and... That we need to arm ourselves. We we need to yes. Yeah, yeah, it's off. our fault. It's which our, is like a victim blaming. It's victim blaming. It's like that's what I wanted to say. I read this and I thought, why? It's just like the rape stuff. Like and everything else. She asked for it. Why, yeah, yeah. It's a victim. The 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 women. Women yeah. stop being raped. Yes. Cyclists, stop, 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 right. stop driving in the streets your legal right, by the way. Stop riding in the streets your legal right. Pedestrians, stop, stop walking across the streets, apparently. Jeez. <laughs> and, and, and another one, the, see the front, SUVs, because they're, they're, they're bigger. Up higher. And higher. they hit you in the chest instead of in the legs. They hit, if they get hit, you get hit in the chest or head. Where your vital organs so are. They're, these SUVs you guys love so much, they're... You're killing walkers, runners, cyclists, and children. Not only that, they are also, there was just a study that came out yesterday that showed that SUVs are the second leading um, increase, have the, have, have the second highest rate of increase of greenhouse gases in America. That's it. It's SUVs. We stopped buying SUVs for a time when gas prices I were remember. going up. Does everyone remember? It was great. Yeah, yeah. And then that gas prices went down again. Thanks everyone Obama. went right back. Um, we, we went right back to SUVs. Like, it was like no fucking thing. Like, we did not care about the environment anymore. We did not care about children getting hit by cars. I mean, these SUVs and also some of these very large trucks. I know some people need large trucks for construction and all these things, but not all you do. And you have these these pickups are massive they're massive and they you always see one high. my girlfriend is only five foot one or two that would hit her in the head and yeah. she walks to work and it's, it's yeah. uh, i just you see people i am so sick of it and because i do drive on occasion yeah I I, as today. do i i also oh, drive right. on occasion okay. i just want to okay. let everyone know i have a car and i yeah. drive it's fine yeah. okay but you guys in your SUVs and on your just want texting, people to think about it. and I just keep seeing. I, I'm so sick of seeing like one person in these mammoth, damn vehicles. Yeah. No, it's 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 crazy. I, it's like, and and I don't understand the justification for them. Is like, oh well, sometimes I have to take my whole family on a trip. Rent a car. You don't need it all the time. Why do we think we need to have? Everything at our convenience all the time. It's not that hard to rent a car. It's actually really easy. You know, it's like, I mean, come on. Like, we we can think differently about this. And I'm not saying everybody has to go withhold themselves for everything. But can we at least be open to the conversation? Can we at least not shut down people like me and you who are like, hey, everyone, maybe we should drive less. Like, maybe we should slow down. That's all I think I would like to see is people just being open to the conversation. Instead, it's a reactionary, like, no, you're just like a urban elite or something. Like, no, I just, 
I am poor and I don't and I ride my bike this because is, it's it, cheap. It, it like, all comes you know, back to uh, you know Americans, uh, the ethos of freedom and individualism. But what about freedom to ride my bike? Yeah, well. What about freedom I, to walk and not get hit by a car? Like, I, I, yes, you're right. It comes back to freedom, but that freedom is only for the privileged, I guess. It's only for the people who can afford to buy SUVs and who live in places where they where they box themselves into. They live in places where they have to drive. And then they go, why isn't there mass transit? Because you don't support it. You don't support politicians who actually support it. Mike Terzai, everyone who lives in that district should vote that guy out if you want to see a bus. And if you want – they don't have a bus right now into that district. It's ridiculous, and it's because of him. I overheard a guy who lived in uh, Germany uh, for the last five years at a local eatery the other day, and he now lives in Pittsburgh, and he called it a hidden jewel, and he loves it and all this stuff, and then he said, but the, I can't believe, you see people waiting for buses in the cold and in the snow and in the rain, unsheltered, it's inhumane. What is with, I mean, he couldn't get over that there wasn't this sense of yeah. you. So I, I We just, got a chance in Pittsburgh, though. We are primed for it. That's all I'm going to say. We okay. are primed. We got a chance. And we're out of time. We're totally out of time. <laughs> we're over time. <laughs> I thank you very much, Ryan Dito, or Cheeto, Cheeto. as we now call him. <laughs> and uh, um, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.